trust that ownership has put in me, our fans, and I mean, that stadium was rocking now. And you can only imagine what it would have been like. The next And it would have been absolutely crazy the next week. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, if you were wondering what that audio was that I just played for you guys, it was the voice of now former... Uh, Tennessee Titans general manager John Robinson when he was asked I suppose just what his reflections were on the season that the team had just had and of course this is post AFC Divisional Playoff game against Cincinnati, obviously, and just, you can tell in the emotion of his voice just how much the job meant to him and how much he wanted the product that he helped put on the field to succeed. I use all of those words in the past tense because, of course, as I mentioned, there was news that came out earlier this week that the Tennessee Titans have fired uh, general manager John Robinson. And my take on this is, just as a fan, it's really hard because... Just, you know, when you go back and listen to video clips like the one I just played, and when you go back to John Robinson's introductory press conference when he first took the job and said things such as, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, this is my home and this is our team. And, of course, that ties into another reason of why it is such a hard move to have to deal with as from a fan's perspective, because the man is a Tennessee native. He was born and raised in Union City out in West Tennessee, and he just spent his whole career working his way up and up the ranks in scouting and NFL front office management and whatnot. He was with the Patriots for, I believe, 12 or 13 years. He had a 
somewhat of a role in forming all of those uh, just dominant New England Patriot teams with the likes of, obviously, the GOAT, Tom Brady, and guys like Willie McGinnis and Teddy Bruschi, and, of course, Mike Vrabel, who he obviously ended up hiring as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. But, so when you take all of that into account, from a fan's point of view, it is a very emotional situation and it's a it's a just a tough situation but when you start to look at it a little bit more maybe objectively than you did before and you begin to see some of the holes in some of the draft classes that John Robinson put together and, of course, every general manager has hits and misses, obviously. I'm not being, I'm not trying to be too overly critical of him for that. Everybody does make mistakes, as we all know. But some of the misses, especially in the Titans' most recent draft classes have really outweighed some of the hits. And, of course, I'll get into those draft classes a little bit more in detail here later. But, at the end of the day, it's just a tough move, but I think... It is one that Amy Adams Strunk and the organization needed to make to have I don't I don't want to say guaranteed success because they're already the Titans have already been very successful under John Robinson's tenure. They have not have not posted a losing season since he has been with the franchise. But Amy Adams Strunk felt like this was a move that needed to be made, that the roster turnover that the team has been going through over the last few seasons was not sustainable. And that is a sentiment that I completely, 100%, in the grand scheme of things, agree with. And it has not been all bad for the Titans because, as I mentioned, uh, they have not posted a losing season since John Robinson took over in 2016. Uh, in 2016, they finished 9-7. and seven. 2017, they finished 9-7. and seven. Made the playoffs. And 
lost in the divisional round, I believe. Uh, 2018, they finished 9-7. and seven. This is Mike Vrabel's first year at the helm. John Robinson had actually inherited Mike Malarkey from who was the head coach, obviously, that was left over from the previous administration. The Rustin, excuse me, the Rustin-Webster administration, as it were. And, you know, J-Rob J. gave Mike Malarkey a couple of years to see if they could work well together. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't think their visions really meshed as much as we as Titans fans would have liked them to mesh. And J-Rob felt that before 2018, uh, or I should say after 2017, uh, the time was right to move on from Mike Malarkey and to hire Mike Vrabel. And Mike Vrabel, of course, went 9-7 and seven in his first year at the helm in 2018. 2019 was really special year because the Titans ended up going nine and wait wait for it wait for it nine and seven but the reason I say that 2019 was a special year is because that that was of course the AFC championship game season uh, obviously that AFC Championship game did not go the way the Titans would have liked it to go. They ended up losing to the Kansas City Chiefs, but just over the course of that two to three year period, you could see marketable improvements and that was actually reflected in the win-loss record in 2020 when the Titans won 11-5. and And of course, last year, they improved on that by going 12-5. and And they were also, of course, able to clinch the AFC's number one seed in last year's playoffs. Of course, I'm not going to get into the way that last season ended for, you know, just obvious and heartbreaking reasons, but... And yes, and in some way, I'm still trying to get over that Bengals game from last year, especially given the fact that they, the Titans could not get revenge against the Bengals when they played 
couple of weeks ago. That's a little sidebar for today's edition of the show. But, and of course, the, the week after the Bengals game is something that I've obviously got to get into a little bit later on when they, of course, played the Eagles. But, having said all of that, in the grand scheme of things, there's been marketable improvements every season since 2016 with this Tennessee Titans team and franchise, quite frankly. But, what led to J-Rob's downfall was mainly his draft classes because as I mentioned before every general manager is going to have hits and misses along the way but when I get into some of these names that I'm about to read from every draft class since 2016, you will begin to see why the messes outweigh the hits in terms of J-Rob's tenure as far as the draft goes with the Titans. His first draft, 2016, First round, Jack Conklin, which, who was actually a really solid right tackle for the Titans and uh, really, really helped solidify the offensive line. He is, of course, uh, no longer with the team after signing a big, big money free agent contract with the Cleveland Browns a few years ago. All right, 2016's second round, uh, 33rd overall, Kevin Dodd. You may be asking yourself, who is Kevin Dodd? Exactly. Uh, Second round, 43rd overall, Austin Johnson, who was actually, to be fair, was actually a really solid player. And, again, no longer with the team. Uh, 2016, second round, 45th overall, Derek Henry. That is all I'm going to say about that, because that's pretty much all that needs to be said. Uh, 2016, third round. Kevin Byard, dead-o to the Derrick Henry conversation. Uh, Fifth round, Tajay Sharp. Eh. Fifth round, LaShawn Sims. Eh. Sixth round, Sebastian Tritola. Eh. Uh, Seventh round, Aaron Wallace and Kalen Reed. Eh. Yeah, so 2016, obviously some very big hits, 
but also some very big misses as well. 2017, first round, Corey Davis and Adoree Jackson. Solid players. Both, Of course, both of them are no longer with the Titans. They are with the Jets and Giants, respectively, I believe. Uh, 2017 third round, Taewon Taylor and uh, Johnny Smith is another one of the third round selections from 2017. He was actually a solid player who obviously earned his way into a big money free agent deal with the Patriot and another little quick sidebar some of these guys have have obviously I'm not knocking J-Rob for failing to keep these guys obviously some of them earned their way into big money free agent deals with other teams and so that's Really a credit to them more so than it is a slight against John Robinson. I'm really just trying to point out all of the misses here when it comes to the draft history. As far as John Robinson's tenure goes. But Johnny Smith obviously worked his way into the big free agent deal with the Patriots. And so, he was pretty much a stud, tight end for the Titans. Really the stud tight end that they needed after, or I should say, even while while Delaney Walker was there, That was another one of J-Rob's successes. And I'm going to give, I'm going to have to stop and give another little quick sidebar here. He did have some success on the trade market as well, bringing in guys like a Delaney Walker. Or actually, I take that back about Delaney Walker. I believe Delaney Walker was technically a holdover from the previous administration. See, I'm I'm correcting myself in real time. But obviously the coaching staff that or stabs that John Robinson was able to work with definitely helped ease Delaney Walker into the perfect role that he needed to play in order to fit that particular system as far as Johnny Smith is concerned in this regard. Uh, He was a very nice compliment to Delaney Walker and once Delaney Walker did end up leaving, Johnny Smith was able to step right in and pick up the mantle. 
And he is, of course, now no longer with the team. Uh, 2017, fifth round, Jayon Brown. Eh. 2017, sixth round, Corey Levin, who is actually on, I believe, his second or third stint with the Titans. But as of right now, I I do believe he is still uh, on the roster. Seventh round, 2017. Josh Carraway, Brad Seaton, and Califani Muhammad. And you may you may all be asking yourselves, who the heck are those people? Again, exactly. Uh, twenty eighteen was Really, the only bright spot of 2018 was the Harold Landry pick in the second round, which was questionable even to me at the time, especially when you consider who the Titans ended up drafting in the first round ahead of Harold Landry. They actually had to trade back up further into the second round to draft Harold Landry, but they took Rashawn Evans in the first round, who, spoiler alert, is no longer with the team. Harold Landry is, of course, uh, a beast and is recovering from his ACL injury, and I wish him nothing but the best as he continues to do so. But he just signed a big five-year contract extension before the season started, which is obviously going to help the Titans out in the long run. It was all, to be fair, it was also one of J-Rob's successes. But then, when you look at the rest of that 2018 draft class, as I mentioned, Rashawn Evans, no longer there. Dan Crookshank, no longer there. Luke Falk, quarterback, Washington State, to my knowledge, is, is definitely no longer with the Titans, and to my knowledge, is not playing... Football, at least not anywhere in the National Football League. So that's it for 2018. 2019, to be fair, actually had a whole bunch of hits. Uh, First round, Jeffrey Simmons, Beast. Uh, Second round, of course, A.J. Brown. No longer with the team. I'll get to A.J. Brown a little bit more in detail here in a minute. Uh, Third round, Nate Davis. He is the starting right guard, which is extraordinary 
the sort of development that he has gone through, especially when you're talking about a third-round draft pick as somebody who, in, who generally speaking, third-round picks are sort of on that fringe starter sort of range. And Nate Davis has obviously gone above and beyond the fringe. Uh, fourth round, Amani Hooker, starting safety. Uh, I'm just going to skip over DeAndre Walker because he's no longer with the team and move into the sixth round, David Long. Very valuable member of the defense as an inside linebacker. I believe he's a, I believe David Long's actually the one that calls the defensive signals for the Titans defense if I'm not mistaken. And I would say that 2019 is by far or was by far John Robinson's best draft class that he put together during his tenure with the team. Uh, the tw- the frankly the 2020 draft class is not even worth mentioning and 2021, There just seemed to be way too many misses, especially at the top of the draft. When you look at Caleb Farley, who obviously had the injury concerns going back to his days at Virginia Tech, and Dylan Radins, who I mentioned that, that fringe area that Nate Davis went above and beyond. Yeah, Dylan Radins is far below the fringe when it comes to being a starting caliber player in the NFL. And to be fair, I mean, there were... Well, there was one hit pretty big hit in last year's, or I should say 2021's draft. Uh, it came in the fourth round with Rashad Weaver, the edge rusher from Pittsburgh, who has been a very solid player for the Titans and has stepped in very well, uh, especially since Harold Landry is dealing with his injury. And as far as this past year's draft class is concerned, obviously it's too early to really tell too much. Uh, I think a lot of it will depend on Traylon Burke's development. Obviously he's a little bit banged up at the moment. Uh, Nicholas Petit Frere, who was one of the third round picks, is 
filling in very nicely at right tackle and may possibly end up competing for the left tackle job in 2023 when Taylor, after Taylor Lewan is inevitably not re-signed. At least that's my prediction for now, anyway. And even Taylor Lewan has come out and said that he may not be back with the Titans next year. But Nicholas Petit Frere has done a really nice job holding that right that right tackle spot and seems to be a really nice player. Malik Willis's development is going to be interesting to watch. Obviously, he stepped in for a couple of games this season. I remember him doing some very nice things in the preseason. Obviously, that is too small of a sample size to really judge him by. I think that's obviously going to be a task for whoever the next general manager ends up being. Monitoring Malik Willis's development and trying to figure out if he is really the quarterback of the future, as they say. And it's just going to be one of those really interesting, fun things to watch. Uh, Chig Okonkwo, who was picked up in the fourth round this year, uh, seems to be a nice player. Hassan Haskins has shown flashes, but... I think the verdict is still very much, or the jury is still uh, very much out on him. Uh, Kyle Phillips, same story. Obviously, he's had injury concerns as well. And those are pretty much the main headliners from this past year's draft class. So, to summarize J-Rob's draft history with the Titans, there's been, been some really big hits, but also some terrible misses as well. And then comes the cherry, the proverbial cherry that was put on top of the cake this past weekend in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And yes, I'm of course talking about the A.J. Brown situation. Going back to draft night, I was shot, there's really no other word for it, shocked at what the Tennessee Titans did and what John Robinson did when he decided to trade 
a sort of generation, not really, I, sh I guess I shouldn't say generational, but definitely a franchise-changing caliber wide receiver in A.J. Brown. He decides to, John Robinson decides to trade this man, A.J. Brown, to the Philadelphia Eagles for a bag of chips and some draft picks, essentially. And, again, going, shifting gears to the draft picks that they got in that trade with the Eagles, not counting the Traylon Barracks pick, of course. You begin to see why I refer to it in that way as a terrible trade where we traded a franchise-changing caliber wide receiver to the Philadelphia Eagles for a bag of chips. And that was only... So I was shocked, angry, mad, frustrated, any other adjective that you want to use. That was me on draft night this past April. And... Those feelings were only magnified by what A.J. Brown did to the Titans this past week, where he finished the game with eight receptions for a whopping 119 yards and two touchdowns, one of which... One of which, I mean, nobody was even around him. He kept, he kept, and go back and I encourage you, Titans fans, go back and look at the tape and the highlights from this game just to see how disgusting it was to watch. I highly encourage you to do that. The one touchdown that actually both of them stand out, but that first one, man, where... Nobody in the Titans' secondary is even around him. He, he catches the ball, stops, turns around, and proceeds to what literally, literally walk backwards into the end zone. And the second one, occurred later in the game, obviously, and I cannot remember which one of the Titans DBs it was, but A.J. Brown just absolutely mauls this Tennessee Titans defensive back on the way to his second touchdown reception of the game. Again, two touchdowns, eight, eight total catches 
119 yards. A.J. Brown. Yeah. That was... And... This is the lie... I think this is probably the lightest possible way that I can say this without going into too many expletives about the situation. That was not a good look. Not a good look for the Tennessee Titans. And, of course, when you look at why J-Rob was let, let go, I do not think the... A.J. Brown situation, obviously it, it did have some impact. Whether or not anybody with the Titans will admit this publicly or not, the move did have some impact on members of the organization, especially... Especially Mike Vrabel, who, when you go back and even before the draft, when they were spreading all of the all of the information and misinformation and smoke screens that teams, all teams, typically do before the draft, but in this case, as it relates to the AJ Brown trade possibility at the time. Uh, Mike Vrabel said something along the lines of A.J. Brown will never be traded so long as I am the head coach here. And, of course, we all saw what happened on draft night. But, and obviously... I bring Mike Vrabel up because immediately after the trade was announced, you can see the video of him in the draft room visibly upset and seemingly storming out of the draft room. And when you look at really what A.J. Brown has done all season and especially this past week against the Titans, in particular, you begin to see why Mike Vrabel was frustrated, and you begin to share in that frustration as well. But I do not think that that trade was the sole reason why John Robinson was dismissed. I think it's more to do with the total body of work. And when you're Amy Adams Strunk and or any or any owner, I'll use Amy Adams Strunk obviously as the prime example here. When you're Amy Adams Strunk and you see all of the roster turnover that's happened 
with this team and you begin to see how few of the draft picks that your general manager has made over his tenure that are still with the team. And you begin to look back at the win-loss record of the team on the field over the last few years. Now, nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, eleven and five, twelve and five. This year, up to this point, prior to the Titans' upcoming game this weekend against the Jaguars, they find themselves at seven and five. On top, obviously, on top of the division, which is frankly not not saying that much, especially when you're talking about the AFC South, because it is, frank, quite frankly, atrocious. When you look at all of that and take it into consideration you begin to ask yourself, what is the problem here? Is the problem the coaching on the field, uh, which obviously it's not, or is it more to do with the front office and the one that's making the personnel decisions. And obviously in this case, it happens to be the latter. But in conclusion to all of this, before I get out of here and wrap up this segment of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast, uh, I do want to touch on this a little bit more in detail with a special get potential special guest to be named later. I'm not going to name names today because I don't want to ruin the big announcement, but this is something that I would like to address with somebody who probably has even more intimate knowledge of the Titans GM situation than I do, and hopefully that is something that I will get to do at some point in the not-too-distant future. But having said all of that, And again, I go back to speaking from a fan's perspective. It's been a rough week. And one of the, of course, one of the other reasons why this happening is so interesting is because you you do not see 
too many teams with winning records firing their general managers in the middle of the season. And I suppose that is because, and again, Amy Adams Strong just got to the point where she realized that now was probably the right time to end up making a change. And as I mentioned, from a fan's perspective, it's it's rough. Uh, from, from a Tennessean's perspective, from a fellow Tennessean's perspective, it is rough. Because as I mentioned at the top of the show, John Robinson does happen to be a Union City, Tennessee native. But at the end of the day, I just feel like this is a move that needed to be made. And I do think that it is going to be in the Tennessee Titans' best interest to do this. I do think that Mike Vrabel is going and i'm not i'm not saying that he's going to be the final decision maker on this obviously but i do think that mike vrabel is going to have quite a bit of say in who the new general manager ends up being meaning i do think that mike vrabel is going to obviously be sitting in on the interviews with Amy Adams Strunk and potential GM candidates and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But so I, d- and I do think that that is going to be beneficial for Mike Vrabel in some ways because He and J-Rob had a pretty good relationship, I would say, going back to their New England days. Of course, J-Rob as a a scout, more or less, and Mike Vrabel as a linebacker slash... uh, I guess, hybrid tight end uh, catching, or I should say, tight end touchdown catching machine, particularly in Super Bowls during his time with the New England Patriots. And so I don't think they had a bad relationship. I do think that Vrabes is going to be looking for someone who obviously he will share a vision with as far as personnel matters go and someone who will continue that feel-good work environment that Mike Vrabel had with John Robinson, 
as far as the next general manager is concerned. And so, who is that next general manager going to be? I have no idea. I am hopefully going to be getting into that with the potential special guest that I will have, hopefully, knock on wood, coming on the show with me a little later on. But just to wrap things up, it's a rough week, but I do think that the sun is beginning to, much much like I wish it would do in real life, by the way, the sun, the proverbial sun, is beginning to peek its way out from the rainy storm clouds as it relates to the Tennessee Titans general manager situation. And I do think that making this move will ultimately be in the best interest of the franchise. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I want to thank you all so much for listening to this edition of the podcast. I very much appreciate it, and I'll see you soon.